Hey y'all, you're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. Hey friends, just a quick note before uh, we get into the episode. Um, I have all of this in the the outro, but I'm sure that a lot of you skip that anyway if you're regular listeners. Um, But I do want to remind you to engage with me on social media, um, review the show, rate it, especially on Apple Podcasts. Um, The more people who rate and review the show, the more visible we are to new listeners, um, the more people who subscribe and download, all that sort of stuff. Um, So if you like this show, if you enjoy this show, please share it with people that you love or someone that could benefit from it. Um, You know, I want to make sure that we help as many people as we can. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for being here. And here's the episode. Bye. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Crying and Trying. With me today, I have my friend Max. Uh, Max is a friend of Larissa, who has been on this show a few times. Um, And Max and I are going to talk about uh, bad or maladaptive coping skills today. Um, So, hi, Max. How are you? I'm good. How have you been? All right, all right. Trying to uh, adjust some of my coping skills lately, which has been interesting um, because I have some coping skills that I used to classify as bad and they're not serving me as much anymore. So I'm trying to figure out how to cope better. And that's been a little stressful, but you know, we're surviving. Um, so Max, could you just give us your pronouns um, before we start? And then we can start talking about coping skills. Yeah, my pronouns are, are she, they. She, they. All right. Excellent. So um, when did I do my first episode on coping skills? I think it was the end of season two. So it was probably a few months ago. But in that episode, I introduced what coping skills are and like groups of coping skills and when they're useful for certain types of things. And in that conversation, something that came up was like, quote unquote, bad coping skills. Um, And so I feel like people in general like to put things into categories and we have good and we have bad. And I feel like when it comes to coping skills, coping strategies, coping mechanisms, labeling something as good or bad is kind of counterintuitive and it ends up not capturing what you want to say about something and instead applies a judgment to it because when I think of you know bad coping skills my brain goes to oh something I shouldn't do if it's bad I shouldn't do it or if you say unhealthy coping skills if it's unhealthy I shouldn't be doing it um so what are some things that you would consider a bad coping skill or something that someone has said like this is a bad way to cope or an unhealthy way of coping the first thing that I think of is smoking weed because that's one of my big coping skills (laughs) um 
I've had some bad coping mechanisms from lots of parts of my family mm-hmm. and most of them are just like mentally physically hurt yourself or the people around you mm-hmm. so they'd be like like drinking or like being an alcoholic or like gambling is a bad coping is like you get upset and you just decide you want to spend all of your money yeah I think that definition of like something that hurts yourself or someone else is a really good like way to describe it and like but there's certain things that fall into that like yes gambling can be harmful and drinking can be harmful and things like that but I also like the thing that's hard because like I'm like oh yeah gambling is a bad coping skill you don't want to use that to cope but a lot of and like I mean I when I'm talking about smoking weed I talk about that being a bad coping skill and like it's not the best it's not the most ideal way to cope because you know I'm still relying on a substance to help me get through the day or process some difficult emotions but it's also helping me to survive right like if it's the only thing that is keeping me going and then I'm like well this is a bad coping skill and it's like the only thing that makes me feel better then it's that's where it gets murky you know if it's like this is the only thing I am capable of doing right now and it's unhealthy and then you you it's like compounding you end up beating yourself up about it right but I like Mm -hmm. the definition that you have because like if it's something that you're doing that ultimately harms you or someone else then it's probably not a coping skill you want to engage in but I think that what I've been trying to do personally is not calling it a bad or unhealthy coping I think like having that vocabulary and that language attached to it makes it do something different in my brain like when I hear bad or unhealthy it's just like I I think it's really triggering and I don't even realize that it's triggering, but then it's like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Oh, this is bad. I can't do it. But like there are, I mean, if it's the only thing that is getting you through a miserable job or the death of a loved one or something, then like, you know, who are we to say that it's unhealthy or you shouldn't be doing it, right? Like when the alternative is to be miserable and have no way to get through the situation, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't know because there's plenty of coping skills that I would call bad but I think I am trying to personally move away from that language and it's also something I was thinking about too is like um what is an unhealthy coping skill for you might not be for someone else right like if someone can gamble and they don't have that addictive personality and they aren't like really into it like maybe they just need to go blow off some steam so like for for some people gambling might not be a terrible coping skill and I think that like that's the other piece of it too is like something that I see or I deem as bad or unhealthy could very well be the only option for some other people you know and that's Mm -hmm. like one thing too because I remember I don't even remember what it was I think I was talking about weed honestly because I was in a a partial hospitalization group and everyone we were talking about coping skills and everyone's like so what do you do to cope and I was like I didn't want to say it because I'm like I don't want to tell everyone that I smoke weed and that's my coping like it just it's you feel embarrassed about it almost like if it's something like if it's drinking or if it's online shopping or if it's smoke or one of those things that people conventionally like look down on 
that and you're like well this is the only way that I'm able to get through the day then you're just kind of like oh I'm a piece of shit this sucks so I don't know how do you feel about labeling things as good or bad or healthy and unhealthy I feel usually it's everyone's uh personal preference and outlook and perspective because like you said it's definitely different for everyone like some people could if they're taking everything in moderation like drinking or smoking or or if you have the money to gamble and it's just like a little thing but and at the end of the day you can't really let anybody uh decide what's a good or bad coping mechanism for you because that's what's helping you get through whatever you're going through at the end of the day exactly so yeah it's definitely it's definitely just from perspective and that's kind of, I think, what I'm trying to get at, too, is that, like, a lot of times people who are in the shit and really struggling, like, if you're super fucking depressed, all you have the energy to do is probably something that's not super helpful. Like, when I'm super depressed, I binge eat. Mm-hmm. That's not a great coping skill, but, like, in the moment, it makes me feel better at that moment in time. Like, the serotonin from the food, yes, it's good. It's not great for my eating habits long-term and like, you know, the, the nutrition that I want to have. But like, if that's the only thing that I can do to get through this ordeal, like I'm going to, and that's the thing that's helping me. And I think I just, I, this was something I was thinking about because I was in these groups and like someone would say they were doing something and then someone else would be like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that because it's a bad coping skill. And now that was what made me pause. And I was like, well, who are you? to tell that person what what works for them and what is good for them. And I think, like you said, like it's, if it's in moderation, like then it's not as big of a deal. But I think something that we, especially in this country, as people in general, we tend to go to the extremes. So it's not really in moderation for most people. So it's, you know, it's not in moderation. And then that's where the judgment comes in or other people will be like, oh, well, most people have a problem with alcohol. Most people have a problem with drugs. Most people have a problem with gambling. And like, there's a lot of assumptions that get made about people. And I think that it's, it was like, just very hurtful, you know, when I was so so depressed and like weed was the only thing helping me get through the day and I told someone that and they were immediately like you know you really shouldn't be doing that that's not good for you and just like immediately started harping on me making me feel bad about what I was doing and you know like I know the intent was from a good place and they're like this isn't going to help get you better or gonna help like it's not going to serve you I guess is kind of the (laughs) the language that I'm trying to change it to like yes it's not ideal but it's working for now right like it's kind of like a band-aid stopgap solution temporary Um, fix yeah exactly um and like I mean because some things are gonna work at certain times and some things are gonna work at other times and like you know, sometimes when I am, I don't know where I was going with that. All right. Brain fart. We're going to start. <laughs> See, this is why I don't do live podcast. There is no way I could ever do that. Um, all right. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. 
I don't know where I was going. I don't know. Do you have anything that you want to touch on? Because I feel like I tend to talk a lot when I have guests on and I don't stop. So you can go on if you have something you want to say. I don't talk very much. If you hear anything from Larissa, they will tell you that I do not talk. I'm basically <laughs> a sinner. <laughs> All right, cool. But, so that works then. Yeah, you were talking about how some things work sometimes and other times they don't work. And I can see that because mm-hmm. other times I'll be like personally for me if I'm having a really bad time and I'm out and like in a social situation then I'll end up drinking too much mm-hmm. because of what I do and that has led to many many bad nights and bad mornings afterwards yeah. but other times they help the situation and other times they end up hurting me in the long run um, same thing with um, when you're talking about uh, binge eating sometimes it really you know you just need to have this certain amount of food and somehow you magically feel better Uh and then other times you feel even worse than before you started right and I think that like something that is missing from the conversation a lot of times is like the analyzing more of like why do I need this coping skill at this time like why did I turn to this um And, you know, is it actually helping me right now? And like, you know, this is something that I went through, you know, it's coming back to weed, but that's like the quote unquote worst coping skill that I have is I smoke every day. And so it's going to come back to that. And it's, you know, like something that I have over time realized maybe isn't the best way for me to manage my feelings that yes, I am turning to it a lot more often than I would like to. Yes, I am using it to numb my feelings and to kind of push everything down. And, you know, when I had that realization, that was really when I stopped trying to fight it. Because like, you know, I was smoking and then people would be like, oh, you know, you really shouldn't do that. And I was like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. And then like, I would still just keep smoking and keep, there's nothing wrong. I don't have a problem. Everything is good. But until I had a point where I was like really thinking about it and being introspective and I was like, okay, so yes, at one point in time, this was serving me. This was the only thing that made me feel better. It was the only thing that helped me sleep. The only thing that helped me eat. The only thing that helped get rid of some of my anxiety. But now I have all these other skills in my toolbox and I don't need to rely on the weed quite as much. But I still do because it's what I'm used to, right? Like it has served me for so long and it has not been super detrimental. Like, I mean, I've had more munchies than I would like and like more lazy days than I would like, but you know, it hasn't really hurt me. But now that I'm like sitting here and thinking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, some days when I am depressed and I smoke, like it makes me not want to get up off the couch, which at the end of the day, isn't going to help me get out of my depressive funk. Right. So like really having that conversation with myself and being like, okay, why am I turning to this skill? Even if it's still, even if it hurts me or this strategy, even if it hurts me or if it hurts someone else in my life, what is the reasoning behind it? Because, and I think that's, why I have such a hard time with the good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, because it's just putting things into a box. Like 
sometimes it's going to be good and sometimes it's going to be bad. Like, I feel like it's just too rigid of a descriptor to say it's good mm-hmm. or bad, like, because it can serve you at some points and it, it cannot serve you at other points. And that's, I mean, like, I find that with weed on a day-to-day basis too. Like there's some days where I'm like, if I smoke right now, it's going to make me feel worse. It's going to make me do this. It's going to enhance my anxiety. Or if I do it this time, maybe it'll help. And so it's really like, as I have collected more skills and developed my ability to cope with other things, like I've been able to kind of move away from that. But if I didn't build up that toolbox, I would need to rely on the weed and I'd be the only thing I have. And so that, like, that was the point where I was really struggling when that was the only skill I had. And then everyone I talked to was like, oh, that's really bad. You shouldn't do that. And I was like, yeah, I know it's not the best thing, but like, it's all I can do right now. And that's the thing too, is like, I, I think about, um, you know, if you're saying something's bad and you used to do it, then like, you're kind of judging a past version of yourself for doing that. Right. Like, oh, you were engaging in a bad coping mechanism. Like, it's not necessarily bad. It was helping you right at the time, or you wouldn't have been doing it. Like we engage in these behaviors for a reason. And I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just kind of something that I've been thinking about a lot. And I've been trying to reframe how I'm talking about certain things because of how much I internalize the language that we use to describe things. Like if something is labeled as good or bad like I feel that to my core like this is I think about food for a long time like oh carbs are bad and like sugars are bad and like they're not bad your your body needs carbs your brain needs carbs to operate but we have attached the word bad or like unhealthy and now it feels like a scary thing and that's kind of what I feel like a lot of people do when it comes to their coping skills too. They're like so black or white and on such extremes, they're like, this is either good or it's bad. And people have difficulty seeing the in-between. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is finding the balance of things because, um, you know, we're dynamic. We change every day. Things change, experiences and circumstances change. And, um, you know, some things are just not going to hit the same and some things might end up becoming more harmful than they are good. And, you know, I'm thinking alcohol has become a more harmful thing for me as I've gotten older. When I was younger, I could recover really fast from hangovers and drinking. And now, because, you know, I'm older, my metabolism is slower. Like I feel depressed for like three days after I go out drinking. And it makes sense. Alcohol is a depressant. Like it's going to happen. But like I used to drink in social situations because it would make me feel less anxious in the moment. So in the Mm -hmm. moment it would help me. But then like the next three days would be terrible because of that choice that I made. So like, again, it's pulling back and kind of looking at it from more of a macro level. Like, yes, in the moment, this helps me, but overall, is it helping me or is it hurting me? And kind of having those 
those conversations with myself yeah I just made like um like a not like a big list or anything but one side says like bad like and the other side says like good coping mechanisms but the the most that you can really think about it is that we all just like are constantly evolving and constantly adapting to everything and you can't really judge yourself or other people and no one has a right to judge you on your coping mechanisms obviously because they're different and it's the whole societal good or bad for both of them and like like we said they do change all the time compared to like how I was coping when I was younger versus how I'm coping now and I know like trigger warning people used to when I was younger more people self-harm than they do now most people just turn to the drinking or smoking or a lot of people that I know have actually turned to more sexual things people want to go out and sleep with more people to cope with things that have gone on and I don't know I don't know I personally haven't come across that but like needing that but I've known a lot of people that go to more having hookups to feel better about themselves or well now that you said that like it's not something that I think of right away because I I'm in a relationship of like almost seven years now so like I haven't been hooking up with people but before I met my current partner that was a huge coping mechanism for me was carefree casual sex like to the point that like people were like are you being safe are you like do you need to go get checked like are you on birth like people were concerned for me because of how how many encounters and partners and everything but like you know at the end of the day you're coping because you're struggling right and you um when you're coping you want to do something that's going to make you feel better. And so that's a lot of people go for those quick hits of dopamine and serotonin, sex, (laughs) drugs, food, alcohol, like all the things that make you feel good in the moment. And then like maybe later, not quite as much. And I don't know I what you had to say about just like, you know, it's, it's nobody's business to judge how you're coping or what you're doing. And I think that that's really the biggest piece of it is that so many people feel like they have a say in like everyone's lives around them and what everyone else is doing and the decisions and choices that other people are making. And like, you can have your opinion and that's great. But at the end of the day, like you're not in that person's shoes. You're not living through their their experiences you're not dealing with all of the things that they're having to deal with so like who are you to say this is good or this is bad or you should or should not be doing this and I think like for me I very much internalize what other people are saying and I think a lot of people who struggle with their mental health um kind of are in the same boat you know someone says like you're doing something and it's bad like you're gonna be like oh yep it's bad you're right it's bad it's bad and that's gonna play on a loop in your head and then you're like I'm bad because I'm doing something that's bad. And then it kind of turns into like, you are, are unhealthy or you're part of the problem. And like their coping skills, their coping, it's help. It's just helping you to cope. That is literally what it is in at its definition. It's helping you to get through it. And like, there are certain things that are less ideal drinking drugs, casual sex but like if it is helping you in the moment like then do it you know like I'm not going to tell someone like 
go do some heroin. It'll make you feel better. Like I'm not, I'm not telling people to just kind of go and engage in risky behaviors, but like, if you have a behavior or something that you're doing that brings you some semblance of comfort or some semblance of, you know, contentedness and not being miserable all the time, then like, then do it. And that's, and, and, but do it mindfully and with moderation and like, think about it because when you're not thinking about it and you just kind of let it go wild, that's when, when it becomes a problem. And, you know, weed became a problem for me at some point drinking became a problem for me at some point the casual sex became a problem for me at some point even like watching tv or scrolling on my phone like that is a coping mechanism that everybody engages in and like we talk about how it's bad and like how we shouldn't be on our phones and how and then like you know I personally will be like oh my god you're right like I'm a terrible person no wonder I'm miserable because I'm always on my phone but like you know, you just gotta, you have to do what you have to do to get through the day at the end. Of yeah. The day. And that's and if, like, I think what it, it comes down to. If people try and tell you what is a good and bad coping mechanism, and then you internalize it, um, it eventually, it's like, they're kind of taking away what makes you feel comfortable in a way, because if you were doing good, and you were getting the you know, the dopamine, the serotonin that you needed to feel better in the situation. And then someone comes out of nowhere and tells you that you're doing something bad and that it's a bad coping mechanism. Then you start thinking you're like, it is bad. And then it doesn't make you happy anymore. And then that goes that one of your coping mechanisms is gone because someone took away your one little thing that made you happy. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, you know, I had someone who, was getting um, what my friend was getting like ridiculed by their partner for how much they were playing video games. And they're like, all you do is play video games. I can't believe you do this. And then they stopped playing video games to try and appease this person. And then they ended up like declining and feeling worse <laughs> and like struggling more because like, you know, that it that your coping mechanisms are your lifelines, you know, it's what you turn to when you are struggling the most. And I think it's really hard, especially like if you've always kind of been struggling and you've never had the the stability and the peace to be able to take that step back and be like, oh, is this serving me or not? And there's a lot of privilege that goes into that too. Like some people can pick and choose the coping mechanisms that they have. Some people can't. Like if you can't afford to go to therapy, learn uh, learn these skills and strategies and talk with a professional then you're not going to know about some of the other options that might help you a little bit more you're going to turn to what you always turn to which mm -hmm. you know might not be the best thing for you there's also a lot of people who um like exercise is um a good coping mechanism for a lot of people but there's a lot of people that can't exercise because they're disabled or because of, you know, their schedule or where they work. There's a lot of factors that go into it. And so if you're like, oh, well, why haven't you tried working out? Or haven't you tried doing this? Like, it's kind of like a holier than now, like, oh, well, you're not working. You're not exercising. Well, no wonder, like you're not engaging in this health healthy coping strategy. I just feel like there's so much judgment on all sides of it, whether we're looking at good ones, bad ones, in between ones, like, 
I feel like we're always like, oh, this is positive. This isn't, and I, I don't know how we can pull away from those identifiers because what you were saying is resonating so much. Like we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing our relationships to ourselves and everything around us are changing. So like to label something as this and expect that that's what it's going to be in every situation all the time is, um, you know, not realistic. And I think that practicing that flexibility in, you know, being flexible about your labels and how you're labeling things or how you're looking at things is going to, um, lead you to being more comfortable with these things. Like if you're super rigid and you're like, good, bad, yes, no, black, white, healthy, unhealthy, then it's going to be harder to like try new coping strategies too. You're going to be scared to engage in something if it's not perfect and if it's not healthy and if it's not going to help you all the time. And that's unrealistic too, right? Like nothing is going to work a hundred percent of the time. And I think like really having that conversation with yourself is, and other people too, like, and that's something that I have gotten a lot out of my support groups is learning coping skills from other people that I didn't even know existed. Right. And like, I'm thinking of, um, have you ever heard of tapping? Like the, it's literally tapping like acupuncture points. A lot of people have never heard of that. I hadn't heard of that before I got into these mental health programs, but like, that's something so simple, so easy that you can do. And I'm going to do an episode on it at some point, but it's like, you go through, you have this, this mantra that you're saying or something that's bothering you. And then you tap through all the acupuncture points. And then like you change, you, you say something else, like you try to say something positive about it and you go through and do that. And that is something that like, I had never done before didn't know it existed. But as soon as I learned about it, it was more enticing to me than some of my previous coping skills that I was really attached to. I was like, oh, this is something different. It's new. Like it wasn't until I had like opened my mind a little bit and I was willing to try other things um, that that was even an option. Uh, Because I'm thinking back to the first time that I was in a partial program I was just so closed off from everything. I was like, there is nothing else I can do but drink and smoke and watch TV. Those are the only things I have. Those are the only skills. And I was just so closed off from everything. And and it was very black or white. It was like, this is all I have. So like, as I've grown and I've learned more about myself and what works for me and what doesn't work for me, it's gotten easier but it's still really hard like when I'm learning I'm I'm always thinking about like oh I don't want want to rely on this too much I don't want this to be my crutch I don't want this to be the only thing that is helping me get through the days and I think that's kind of where the bad label scares me is that I'm worried that I'm going to become addicted to or or like not be able to not engage in that skill. Um, so I think that that's where I personally am trying to detach the the judgmental language from the, the habits and the behaviors I'm engaging in because you want to give me that list of good coping skills again. <laughs> yeah. Um, therapy, exercising, nature, driving, and friends. So... 
you know, all of those things most people consider healthy, good, positive. But like I am thinking about, I think orthorexia, is that what the exercise addiction is called? I think so. That sounds right. Um, So, you know, certain people exercise is really helpful. Uh, Yes, it's orthorexia nervosa. Is an obsession with healthy eating and associated restrictive behaviors. So it's like an obsession with healthy eating, an obsession with exercise. So something that people traditionally think of as a healthy thing has the capability to turn south, right? To become something that's harmful, something that, you know, um, probably shouldn't be engaged in as much, Um And I think if we invert that thinking too and go the other way with bad coping skills, we can kind of uncover some similar things. So you also had like um, socializing on there. Mm -hmm. And that can also turn negative if that's all you're doing is socializing with other people, right? If you're not taking the time to be with yourself and be introspective and like think about, it's kind of like... um, a distraction almost like if you're doing something so that it it clouds over everything else and it's the only thing you can focus on even if it's a healthy behavior like socializing or exercising it can turn unhealthy and I think that that's you know these labels is like something that I struggle with a lot because it's just like I see something as good or or healthy, and that means I have to do it. And then I think that's a mindset a lot of people get into, like, you know, I have to exercise. And then there's people that end up, and I was this person too. And Larissa was this person too with their lifting, right? Like, I have to go to the gym. I have to be lifting. I have to be eating to the point where it's like obsessive and not helping you. Even though from the outside, people are like, oh my God, that person's so healthy. They're so strong. They work out so much. But like at the end of the day, it's making you miserable because it's, you're so hyper-focused on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I had a friend like one point, um, not very long ago where their entire personality was literally just going to the gym all the time. And they thought that they were doing you know good and they're building muscle and doing all this stuff but when you observe it from the outside you can see like what they're doing is going to eventually end up hurting them because Mm -hmm. they're like eat all this food because then it'll help me like bulk up and then but at the same time they're working out so much they're not giving themselves enough time to process it and actually build on to what they're working for they're just too busy trying to do as much as they can as hard as they can Mm -hmm. you know as often and it's just like you think that oh it's going to be positive and like this is really helping them but in the long run it's probably just going to end up like tearing their body apart and I feel like you could turn almost any good coping mechanism into a negative if you do it too much which is like the key like the one key word for like all coping mechanisms and everything is literally just moderation so in everything that you do moderation is always key and I think that that's like really what it comes down to because it again, like the bad coping skills are ones that tend to be more addictive, that people have a harder time stopping themselves from doing. And so that's why they get coined as bad because you're, you're doing too much of it. And it's because, uh, you know, the biological, like physiological stuff with addiction and like, I'm not super well versed in that and like 
exactly what's happening, but like you're doing so much of it. And I think it has something to do with the fact too, that like, you know, um, and it, it, with like tolerances, right? Like the first time you do something, it's really helpful, but then, then the next time you need to do it, you need to do more of it for it to be the same amount of helpful. And so then it becomes too much, but it's exactly what you're saying. It's all about moderation. We can turn any healthy thing into an unhealthy thing by doing too much of it. Um, I mean, like, I think about what, like, if you drink too much water, you can die. Like you will literally mess up the electrolyte balance in your body and you can drown essentially. But that's something like we need water to survive. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't think that like you could drink too much water at your first thought. You're like, oh, it's a good thing. You need it. You can't have too much of that. Right. There's no such thing. But there is. I think six gallons, I think, is the thing where you drink six gallons of water, you can drown. I think it's around there. I think that sounds right. Because a lot of like bodybuilders and, and power lifters when they're like at competition time are consuming a lot of water and they get to that point where it's like they end up drowning themselves. But it's like, it's something that you, you're like, oh, there's no way that could ever be bad. And then like, it's you start doing too much of it and you're doing more and you're doing more. And then it gets to a point where it's overwhelming. Um, And you know, the reverse of that it's all about moderation. So these coping skills that are bad, what if we try to do it and just like not do as much of it? Like what you were saying with like, you know, someone has a lot of money and they can go gamble. Like it's not as, it, not as big of a deal. And like when I went to Vegas, I, I don't like gambling anyway. Cause I'm like, I get um, buyer's remorse. And when like, I have nothing tangible and then I still lost my money, it just makes me sad. So I'm not a huge gambler anyway, but like, you know, people that go and they pull out cash and then they like give someone else their credit card. And they're like, this is the only cash that I'm gambling with. This is all I'm doing. Like, I think that that is a responsible way to engage in that coping mechanism, right? If you're putting these things in place and you're really thinking about it and you're setting these limits for yourself, then gambling can be a healthy coping coping mechanism for you. You just have to like really be intentional about it. And I think that that's... Mm -hmm something that is missing in a lot of people like and and, you know I'm guilty of this too we all want the easy way like we want the the least amount of effort this something that's not going to require a lot of your time or energy and so a lot of people tend to not like think about these things and kind of just go for what's easy oh I'm going to go for what makes me feel good right this second but when you take a step back and really think about it and put that effort in and be like I'm going to promise myself that I'm going to stop drinking after two drinks or I'm I'm not like and that's something with the weed coming back to the weed this this episode just should just be called Lexi is a giant pothead because all I've been talking about is smoking but like I I had that conversation with myself and I was like you know I am starting to feel like shit because I am just smoking all the time and my tolerance is super high and so I I had this like deal with myself I was like I'm not gonna smoke until this point in the day like you know and I picked like five or something so that even if it was like a day that I was not working I would try to wait as long as I could to smoke the weed because you know I'm I'm trying to be more responsible trying to have more moderation with it and it's hard it's hard to set those limits and to think about it and to hold yourself accountable to them and people don't want to do the hard thing (laughs) and I think that's like we just 
we have to do the hard thing sometimes. And especially when it comes to like being okay and, and being as happy and healthy and content as you can be that those things are worth putting in the effort for, but it's, it is something that I acknowledge that is really hard for us to do. Like we all want the easy way out. We all like the shortcuts and and that's why we have so many automated things now, right? Like, Oh, less work for us. We don't have to do as much, but that work and, and putting in that effort is going to help you practice moderation a little bit easier. You know, I don't have much else to say on this topic. Do you? Um, I know we keep bringing up, it's like, we keep bringing up weed, but it's like, I understand because I've had people around me, um, and that was their coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. My last relationship, that was all he could ever do for his coping mechanism. And he played video games and he smoked weed because it's like, I understand to a point in a degree because weed would help him with most things with physical pain, with mental, um, you know struggles that he was going through and he would rather do that than be on like any kind of medication because you know a lot of medications have all of these um bad you know side effects to them and he would rather just deal with the consequences of smoking than with any other drug because you can also become addicted to some of your medications that you take to feel better and he like if he smoked it wouldn't be an addiction but more of like a conscious decision that he could make that would help him feel better but when you do it he wasn't doing it in moderation so at the end of the day it was going to become worse for him and um I feel like he probably still does that now I'm not 100% sure (laughs) but it's something that you have to you don't always like outgrow but you find better coping mechanisms and then you won't have to rely on like one specific thing anymore and I used to do that when I was younger I actually used to smoke to feel better but that was when I was like really when I was like really younger I was like 15 to 18 I'm pretty sure I used to and then randomly out of nowhere I kind of just stopped and I found different coping mechanisms for things and um one that I used to do was driving but you know that could also have a negative outturn because then you drive so much and then your car gets worn out and you use all gas and then that's bad for your money and it's like everything has both sides like a yin and yang situation exactly and I think that that's like like we've been saying anything can become good or bad depending on like how much you utilize it or how much you rely on it and Mm -hmm. I don't know. Moderation is hard. Balance is hard. And it's, I don't know what it is about how our brains are wired and we like to categorize things and we, and have things really organized and be like, this is what this is. And life is messy and, and nothing is ever going to be that black and white. And so I think it's just, we have to unlearn that expectation that like things are this or they're that, like they can be both like, Mm -hmm smoking weed it is a healthy and an unhealthy coping mechanism in my eyes like depending on how you use it same with drinking same with exercise same with tv and I mean like that's it's also I think it comes down to comfort and like what you're used to like if you've been doing something for so so long even if it's harmful even if it's bad even if it makes you feel bad like 
there is still some comfort in like, oh, I've always done this. Like this is like the same as it's always been. Change is hard and scary. And so like that's, we kind, kind of trick ourselves into thinking something is good or healthy, quote unquote, because we've been doing it for so long. And that just the length of period you're doing something doesn't uh, speak to how good or bad it is either. But like, you know, comfort familiarity feels good and so a lot of people like if you have turned to drinking your whole life and you're trying to change it like it's going to be really hard because that is something that has made you feel good for a long time but then as you get some distance from it it's like oh okay like you can see with a little bit more clarity that also like I felt like I feel like I'm talking in circles at this point so that's probably our (laughs) sign that we need to finish um I don't know. Is there, hmm, I don't know how to end this. Neither. All I can think of is just for all of it, you need to keep uh, an open mind. And for people who have a hard time keeping an open mind, it's definitely going to be harder to find better coping mechanisms that are better for you and aren't as harmful. And it's like really nice to be able to have an open mind so for those people that do um it's probably going to be easier for them in the long run to figure things out yeah. but yeah that's do is try to keep an open mind and you know hold yourself accountable for your actions that you make and um how people need to learn to mind their own business for your coping mechanisms yeah that too and that's something that like because i as i have noticed like when people make a judgment on something that I am doing to cope, it has made me like feel icky or like when someone's like, Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. And like, I remember how it makes me feel and it's made me not make those comments towards other people or like when they make self-deprecating comments, they're like, Oh, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Like if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. And like, being able to shift that mindset and like think about it differently has been really amazing, you know, to just be, to have that open mind. And it's something I haven't had. It's, it takes practice and it takes time and, and you have to step outside your comfort zone. You have to be willing to try new things. And, you know, if you can't be open to that's okay. Like if you are stuck and you can only rely on one coping skill, like, and you're listening to this and you're like, well, fuck, I don't have an open mind. I'm I like, I like, don't beat yourself up. Like you are doing what you have to, to survive. And I think that's what, you know, I wanted to get at with this at the end of the day is like, don't beat yourself up if you are turning to drinking or you're turning to casual sex or you're turning to these historically bad things. If it is helping you get through the day today, then that's okay. And, you know, mm-hmm let's not rely on it forever because it's going to be harmful if we do that and maybe start thinking about other options, but like, you're okay. Like if that's what you got to do, you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. And I think like having that open mind, having the flexibility and having the compassion for yourself too. Like, I think like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to get it right, right away. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's gonna be hard and you're gonna make mistakes. And I think just being okay with that and like willing to accept the good and the bad that comes with the trial and error is going to be, you know, the best thing that you can do in trying to figure out what coping skills are going to work best for you in any given moment. Yeah. 
all you can do is just be respectful for other people's coping mechanisms and then just like you know try to like respect yourself and your decisions because at the end of the day if that's what helps you then that's what helps you and no one else can say anything about that and you shouldn't try to judge yourself too hard about it because you know if that's what's working (laughs) you know yeah and at the same point like that don't yuck someone else's yum you know like if it's working for someone else like let it work and if there's someone you care about and you see that it's becoming a problem like then maybe you can have a conversation about it but like mind your business you don't need to be buttoning into other people's stuff because at the end of the day you don't know what what they're going through or what they've tried or what they haven't tried you know mm-hmm. um yeah this was really good I'm glad that we were finally able <laughs> to make this happen I think um we started talking about this in like September right it's been like a long time so uh it's been like almost half a year in the making but uh Max and Lexi finally did it (laughs) all right so on that note keep trying to get through the menti bees and crying in those shubbies all right we did it joining for another episode you can find the show on social media on instagram and twitter at crying underscore trying underscore pod and on facebook at crying and trying pod you can also find me personally on instagram and twitter at l-e-x-g-o-n-g-i-v-i-t-2-y-a underscore if you'd like to email the show feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, and any other feedback you want us to see to cryingandtryingpod at gmail.com. The best way for a small independent podcast like us to grow is for our listeners like you to share your favorite episodes with your friends. You can also rate, leave a review, and follow the show on your preferred streaming platform. And engaging in any of our social media posts will always help us be more visible. If you would like to support the show with a small one-time or monthly donation, you can do so through our podcast page on Anchor or through the Buy Me a Coffee page where blog posts related to the show are posted. All donations, no matter how small, go right back into the show so I can continue bringing you high-quality episodes. I am a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, recorded, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify. Thanks for listening.